Hey, Happy New Year to all you fans and listeners. This is the Two Old Farts coming at you. My name is Chuck. I'm Larry on the Bottle Liquor of Two Old Farts, and Happy New Year to everybody and to you. Thank you. Happy good. New Year. Thank you. Feeling good? How about you? I'm doing good. Another day, another dollar, and another day older. So what else can you ask for? Not, Not much. That's it. You got some money that's in the pocket? I'm still here. That's all you can ask for. Have yeah, some good times and have some fun and put another one behind us tomorrow or tonight. Yeah, we will. So speaking of putting things behind us, we were, I, I know my grandkids were here this past week and they really wanted us to do an episode on Monday when when you guys were over and on Christmas. But time, I think, just got, got away from us. and. Yes, it did. And then on Tuesday, I think they went somewhere to do something, and and, and I just kind of lost track of time. And next thing you know, man, it, it's Friday, and they're gone, and it's like, crap, where does the time go? Yeah, I know. They came by, and we went to Whataburger. Uh, and at Whataburger, they wanted to have Whataburger from a good Whataburger, so we went to the 790. Sorry, Ernie, but... 791 right by the house, Julio and his team. And I'm going to tell you, Jaime, the manager there, made it really special for the girls. Food was good. Um, he gave them some swag stuff. I don't Did you see it? They show it to you? Yeah, they showed me. They said you were kind of like a rock star there. Yeah. They were pretty impressed. Uh, they uh, treated him really nice and gave all that stuff, gave him a T-shirt. Uh, you know, a Whataburger shirt and stuff like that. Uh, made it special for the girls. And uh, that that's what customer service is all about. Because you know what? All them other folks who were eating at the same time we were saw that. And uh, they knew what was going on. The guy beside me, well, on the table next to across from us, you know, he took a picture of us and uh, he, he thought it. He thought it was just really great. And, that, and that's what makes the business good. And I was glad yeah, to see right, that. That's, it's good to see that from Whataburger, uh, that we still got some folks around who remember what it's all about and what Whataburger is all about. Amen to that. Yeah, I think that yeah. was the Tuesday after Christmas. I think they went and saw you guys. Yeah. Uh, or Wednesday. You know, I came by and the girls got to see where Kaylee was. Left for a short time and uh, run in the backyard and all that kind of stuff. So it, it was nice. Uh, mom didn't feel too good and she's still kind of getting over it a little bit, but she's, you know, she's getting better. But it's just that time of the year when stuff goes around. Yeah, sinuses are really bad this year, or allergies rather, really bad. I told me. Yeah. It seems like mountain cedar stuff started earlier this year than than normal. Maybe maybe not. It just seems like it to me. I don't know. It just seems like since like November, it's been yeah. kicking everybody's tail down here. Yeah, usually it's like December, first part of December, then over, you know, about the middle of January. But it seems like it's been worse this year. But that's why we live in Texas, right? Yeah, so we can suffer. <laughs> you know, speaking of suffering, Florida State. They they got the brakes beat off of them yesterday by Georgia. You know, 
It didn't surprise me Georgia beating him. What surprises me is all the conversation around it. And there's a couple ways you can look at it, I guess. But for me, I know a lot of those players were injured and they can't play. I get that. But I understand they felt like they got the shaft, got left out of the of the the uh, college football playoff and stuff like that. But that's the way life goes. You don't quit on the team. And that's sometimes I think that's what the players did. They kind of saw it as an opportunity. And they quit on the team. They quit on their fellow players and stuff like that. And it showed up. But I'll tell you what. I am, I've always liked Kirby Smart, but I'm really impressed by how he handled that game yesterday. He came out in the second half. He didn't start his starting quarterback. He nope. started planting, and then that rest of that, halfway through that third quarter, it was all rest of the team. And freshmen in that fourth quarter. Yeah, and they were still putting up points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and to me that just goes to show the difference between the SEC and everybody else. And I, and I tell you what else I, I like about Kirby Smart. You know, you got all those freshmen. Yes, you talking about running up the score. They didn't run the score. Those kids need to get in there and play like a real game. How are they going to learn? How are they going to get better if all you do is go up there and do something that you know you're not going to get a yard or two or whatever? They don't learn anything from it. So from that perspective, from that point of view, I, I, I just I like Kirby Smart. Uh, I like the way he coaches. I like the way he handles the program. I like the way he handles himself. He, he, you don't see him talking trash and stuff like that. And no. You didn't hear him you crying don't. And when we beat him for the um, – SEC title, yeah. Nope, not a peep. Uh, but you know, leading up to the SEC game, they on the media days, they had Saban and Smart sitting side by side during these interviews, and I have never seen two coaches more complimentary of each other, and in a genuine, fun, conversational piece. It did not look fake. It did not put on. It looked put on. I think there's a general, a, a real deep mutual like of each other between those two. It is. And, and their coaching philosophy is, uh, is so similar. And that's why they were so successful. Uh, and that's the best thing to happen to Georgia since Vince Dooley. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's a good program. And, you know, and I got a lot of respect for Mike Norwell. You didn't hear him crying. Now, after the, the, the playoff announcement, you heard a little bit from him. And I, and I get that. You got to respect the team. He kind of had, had to speak up for his program. Exactly. But you didn't hear him crying yesterday because they got beat and all those kind of things. He didn't, I, I didn't hear him making a lot of excuses and stuff like that. So, uh, and he, he let the players do what they need to do. And, uh, but they did not show up at all because, like, like you said, it was the second, third string in the freshman Georgia team. And in that second half, they still put up over 20 points. Yeah, well, that's so the you end. Cannot, you can't tell me at that point that it was, oh, Florida State had all of these players opt out. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me Not that it. the almost two dozen players that weren't there made all the difference in the world when Kirby Smart in the second half was playing second, third string, and freshman players 
and they still put up almost 21, 22 points. Mm-hmm. So. That's the difference. So you can't tell me that. Also, along with your point, last year, Alabama didn't make the playoffs. Did Bryce Young, the Heisman winning quarterback, did he opt out? Nope, he played. Did Did Will Anderson opt out? Nope, he played. Weren't they the first and third players taken in the draft this past year? Absolutely, absolutely. Did they opt out? Then- Nobody opted out, Dad. I have some issues with the NIL. I, I'm just not sure where it's going. I listened to Saban the other day talking about this this 12-team conference playoff next year. College football is changed forever. It's not going to be mm-hmm. like you speak. You know, bowl games back in the day meant something. You had players who played. Then they went to the senior bowl or, you know, you had two yeah, after, after the bowl season, yeah. Yeah, they had one in Mobile, and you had one out on the West Coast, East-West game. And you'd have a – You also had the North-South game too, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and players uh, helped them. It, it was just football. Next year, uh, like Saban was saying, these playoffs games are just going to be like another game. You know, it's not going to create a lot of excitement and stuff like that. The bowl games are, are going to just lose more and more credibility. Uh, it's just, well, it, it, as soon as as soon as we got away from the BCS and went to the CFP, the bowl games didn't mean anything. And what you're touching on was touched on yesterday, and it had to do with Nick Saban. And in the interview, somebody was asking him about you know like you're going to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy. How do the players thinking? Saban mentioned that he has to remind these players what it means to be at the Rose Bowl. Exactly. They don't. They, they don't care. They just know no, it's it, a playoff game. It doesn't matter it's, that it's the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. The bowl yeah, game that started they, everything. And most of them don't really understand the history, and they don't understand the history of Alabama. How it goes back to 1926 when we won the first Rose Bowl, when we won the first. First Rose Bowl and what it did for football in the South. Correct. It put us on the because, map. Because the football in the South back then was not considered anything. It, it was all East Coast and. Um, yep. It was Notre know, Dame, Ohio State, Michigan, Yale, all of those, uh, Minnesota, all of those teams. Yep. So it's. Uh, I, Times change, I guess. We'll see what's – but he's he's right. They don't – and not just our players, but players on both sides. But, yeah, players know? in general. Rose Bowl, I had learned something else yesterday, or maybe it was this morning. Jackie Robinson played high school baseball in that stadium. Yes, he did. You know, he's from uh, – He's from L.A. He's from? Yeah. I think he's from L.A. Yeah, Willie Mays is from Alabama originally, from Mobile, that area. Yeah, there's a statue of Jackie Robinson outside the Rose Bowl. Yeah, he was not only was he a great baseball player, but he was just a fantastic individual. Cured himself well, and it's it's just times change. It wasn't baseball. He played football, football in high school at uh, John Muir High School. 
I mean, if that's not another reason to get hyped up for going to the Rose Bowl, I, I don't know what is. Yeah. wonder how the weather's going to be. It's been raining out there a lot the last few days. Uh, the guys on college game day were saying that uh, it was it's going to be sunny. It's okay. going to be sunny Monday. I know yesterday they had the tarp on the field, and, and it was raining oh, off yeah, and on. Oh, yeah, to protect the turf. I'm, I'm looking forward to this game, for, not just because it's Alabama, not just because it's the Rose Bowl, but you're talking from a college football fan that you and I are. This is the two blue bloods of college football. You yes, got Michigan, the, the winningest program in history. Alabama, 30 games behind. I was, I was just, it's going to take probably another 50 to 100 years before Alabama pulls ahead of them. Can you believe that? Oh, if yeah. there's 12 games in a season, and if they're winning 10 and we're winning 10, we'll never catch them. You, you know what I'm saying? And so yeah, it's I... just, if we win 11 or and they win 9, that's only two games, and you got to make up 30. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to be 50 to 100 years, I think, before Alabama, if they would ever pull ahead of Michigan. Well, the other thing you got to think of, they, you know, they've they got some more investigation going on there in Michigan. They may, they may get lose some games uh, that they won and so like that. You know that doesn't mean yeah. anything when they say they got to vacate wins. The trophies are still there. You and I know those yeah. games were played, and you know they won those games. Those players yeah. know they won them. Vacating you know, wins doesn't mean shit. It really doesn't. Because that's what happened in Alabama. We lost, what, 12 games? It was vacated back during the uh, – actually, it's during um, uh, Gene Stallings' days. But he, it happened before he got there, but they vacated uh, the, the games and stuff like that. So. But, but you're right. You know, it doesn't mean anything. Same thing with Red, when Reggie Bush – I tell you another game too. I, I thought it was, it was exciting and didn't realize until I was watching the Alamo Bowl the other night. Texas and Washington played in the Alamo Bowl game last year, and now they're yeah. playing again in in the uh, playoffs. I thought that was pretty neat. I was I was just telling Brenda this morning. I said Washington is a team that has flown under the radar that nobody is really talking about. They are a really good team. They played, yes. in my estimation, as hard of a schedule in the Pac-12 as any of the SEC teams play in the SEC West, not the East. Yeah. I mean, they played Oregon twice. Oregon State, Washington State played them close. They played Utah. They, uh, didn't they play USC as well? They played USC, and I think they played UCLA. I'm not sure. Yeah, these are some these are some good ball clubs that they played. I think their resume is a lot stronger when you look at it game to game than Michigan's is. I, I Michigan think didn't play any players. ranked team. Michigan didn't play any ranked teams until the second half, and they weren't even that highly ranked. Exactly. I, I think both of those games are going to be good games. Uh, I. I, I, I think the I Texas just don't see Washington the hype on game, Michigan. What's that? I think the Texas the Texas Washington game is is going to be the game from there. That's the one. That, 
Uh, Washington, uh, when I look at both teams, they, they're both pretty strong. Washington got a good defense. They're big up front. Texas, and I, I saw something on Sarkees this morning. I didn't get a chance to read it, but he was talking about he was how surprised he was that they're in the uh, playoff games. He didn't he didn't think he'd ever make it back after I guess some of the some of his career that places that he's been and some of the things he's done and stuff like that. That just goes back to coaching. You when you look at coaching tree, it's really important when. You, uh, and you start looking at all these coaches, where they came from, who they learned under, you know. And Saban, you got to give Saban credit. He is one of the best ones. And Duffy Doherty and all those guys, where he started out from and back, you know, back during the day. So. Saban, Saban not just can recruit great players. He recru- recruits great coaches. Yes, he and does. And you look at the, the mid-late teens of the of the 20, 2000s when we got uh Lane Kiffin on board that was an offense that you had never seen before with Alabama it was always 3 yards on a cloud of dust and and yep. here he comes just throwing that ball deep and next thing you know we've got all these elite wide receivers we've got top flight quarterbacks and then Kiffin leaves and then in comes Sarkeesian and look what he did and like yeah, you and, said and these these coaches were needing rehabilitation. Saban said they have a skill set, and I'm going to take advantage of it because the game is changing, and this is the way the game is going. Even Clemson, the only way they were beating us was taking our linebackers and going side to side and gassing them out. The next year, Saban said these linebackers are going to lose 10 to 15 pounds. Yep. And, so know, he, he I- learns. He is a learning coach, and he adapts, and I think that's what makes him so great. Well, and think about what you just said: Sarkeesian, Clemson, Alabama. How many Kiffin. of those? Michigan, Washington. You haven't seen any of those players opt out that talk about going into the NFL next year and stuff. That, that it talks it talks about the program and, and what it means to the culture. What that program means to those. Those kids, yeah, I think so. so. And then college game day before the kickoff, they I think it was Herbie. I couldn't remember the question that he asked him, but Kiffin said, you know, that was a setup question. But basically, it was like, who's going to win? Um, you know, the Rose Bowl. And Kiffin said, "Roll Tide." So, but I, 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 I love college football and. Uh, College I do too. Period. I think the world of Lane Kiffin. I think Sarkeesian has done a wonderful job at Texas. I think that coach at Washington State has done a heck of a job. Um, I I love what Deion Sanders is doing at Colorado. He's bringing an excitement and a thrill back to college football. I like the swag and the swagger that he and his players have. Yeah, the last half of the season was not good for him, but you give him. I, I want to see what they're going to look like this year, and next year, even after that, it's going to be even better. Well, I'll tell you, he's already got a good recruiting class. He's already got, what, one or two players that are in the the top, uh, say, five or first place uh, pick type thing that's already committed. I do, too. I, I, I like what he's doing for the program, and that's what you need. When, that's, that's like trailer. Uh, at UTSA. UTSA. And, First uh, bowl game the, win ever. 
for yep. UTSA. Yeah. And Texas State, what the, what that coach is doing there, you know. Uh, Let me uh, tell you something. Did you watch the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl with Texas State? Yes, I did. Yes, oh, I did. Oh, my God. That was probably one of the most exciting football games I've ever seen. That one player, I can't remember his name, two pick sixes. Next thing you know, they were just rattling off interceptions. There was, what, six interceptions in the game. The fights, the chippiness, the penalties, it was great. Texas State fans drank that stadium out of beer. The the stadium was not prepared for the amount of people that showed up for Texas State. Oh, yeah. Uh, By halftime, that stadium was dry. There was no beer. No beer? No beer by halftime. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you, I, the quarterback out at uh, Texas State uh, never Finley. really cared. Yeah, never cared. For, when he was at Auburn, I thought he had an attitude. I think some of the, some of the antics that he did and stuff like that. But you know what? You're watching him at Texas State, it's like a totally different person. Uh, Sometimes you got to be humbled. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was reading an article about the transfer portal and some of the players are transferred into uh, Texas State from other schools and why they came there to, you know, the player because the coach lets them play the way they want to play. Yeah, you know, he has his own coaching stuff like that, but he he lets him let them play. And Finley himself was talking about. He can make decisions on the sideline. The coach is going to come in if he's something a little different. That's that's where it needs to be. Back in the day, and Saban was talking about it, they were joking and with Jalen Milrow. Uh, I showed a yeah, picture of that. you know a little clip of Saban as a coach, you know, and stuff like that. As a quarterback but back in the day, yeah, back in the day, the quarterback called plays and stuff like that. You know, or the, the coach would send yeah, money with the line of scrimmage. Yeah, you know, but uh, player when the players have that kind of a buy-in or, or are allowed to do some things like that, obviously the coach is not going to let them go too far, and you know those kind of things because they got a better insight or better sight of, of the game overall. But uh, I, that, that's what motivates players. That's what makes players want to come play for you. But you know what? Respect is earned. Just like the coach has to earn it, the players have to earn it too. Exactly. And you gotta you gotta give the respect to get the respect. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so it, it's, it's gonna be Monday's gonna be some exciting uh, days. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm I'm excited about the SEC next year. It's gonna be tough. Have you looked at the, some of the schedules? Georgia's finally got a tough schedule next year. Yes, they are. They finally got a t- they they open up against Clemson, and I think Clemson will be ready next year. I I do too. I th- I was really pleased with what I saw with Clemson uh, at the end of the season, not the beginning. They he he's got a lot of flack this year about coaching and stuff like that, and, uh, and rightly so for what he's getting paid in the national championships to to where he's at now. That that's unacceptable. It it just isn't. Yeah. So it, it, it's good. It's gonna be good. Uh, 
I, I like what Kentucky is doing. I like what Stoops is doing over at Kentucky. Um, Ole Miss is going to be strong next year. Missouri, man, did you see Missouri? Yeah, uh, Ohio State. Yep. Uh, they were um, strong. Did Ole Miss against Penn State? Oh, yeah. Suddenly, suddenly, when you see a mid-tier SEC team beat Penn State handily, which is one of the teams that was ranked that Michigan played. Yep. It suddenly, how Penn State look doesn't look as good on the resume for Michigan as you would think it does. Because we handled right. our business with Ole Miss, and I was afraid with that game. Yeah. So, suddenly, yeah. the Big Ten's and Michigan's resume, to me, just does not look as strong. The Big Ten didn't look as strong. They're going to get a different look in the next couple of years. Here. they got, what, a couple more teams? Uh, Four teams into from the, the Pac-12 Big- coming. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see how that does. And They're talking a little bit about you know, Florida State's going through a, an opt-out deal trying to get out of the ACC, but uh, they're talking about maybe North Carolina and uh, I think Florida everybody's State. lined up and waiting. Clemson, I think yeah. they're all waiting to see what happens. And I, I'd like, yeah. I, I would love for Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, and NC State for sure. I'd like to see them come into to the SEC. I wouldn't even mind Virginia, Virginia Tech. No, it, it would be I'd good like for to see the that half of, Yeah, I think it would be great. But it's. But, but right now, it looks like the SEC doesn't want to have anything to do with Florida State. And speaking of Florida State and joining the conference, it was Bobby Bowden that turned down the offer when the SEC came calling. He turned it down. Exactly. And you know why? Because he wanted to play in the weak ACC. Yeah. He liked it. He could be yeah, the big fish in the How much political it is between Florida and Florida State not Florida not want Florida State in the conference. Uh, South Carolina, too, doesn't want them. Because South Carolina yeah. tries to get a lot of those Florida players. Yeah. Actually, I I think the more you play each other, probably the better chance you are getting players. Because you give them players more of a choice. Everybody can't go to number one team. So, no, there's only so much, gotta, so much room. And also, some of those players are really good players, and they just need opportunity. And that's what I liked about Georgia yesterday. Well, I'm going to tell you, there's some talent on that ball club. You see those freshmen playing football? Did you see that running back, number what's the number 12, uh, 220 pounds, running back? He's yeah. just a freshman? Oh, man. That Did you see Muschamp's son? Uh, oh, yeah. Did you see – and the look on his dad's face on the sideline when when his that son was, tucked it down, ran what fourteen yards and got the first down. Yeah, that was priceless. You you could you could see that dad pride. And, and the players were over there hyping up Coach Muschamp because they were excited for him, for him being he, excited for his son. Yeah, and that. That just that just goes to show what we've been talking about this, this whole thirty minutes or so about coaches. Players got to buy into it. The coaches got to buy into it. When 
when you have that kind of a relationship, you're going to have winners. Winning is different than everybody's opinion, but you can see it. You can see it yesterday. It's about culture also, like you said. Culture, respect, family, fun, and, and playing for your brother and not opting out, finishing the season. The coaches are always saying finish, finish, finish. Florida State fans, I think I think your team let you down because they felt I, more about going into the NFL than finishing what the program had started and set out to do. Exactly. You know, I don't know the statistics, but I don't think the statistics are that much higher of you getting hurt in a playoff game or a bowl game than you are any any other game. You know, your condition. You there's certain processes that you follow to protect yourself. So the only reason I can understand a lot of these young young men wanting to opt out and go into the NFL to, and to protect their body is because of the financial decision that goes along with it. Because a lot of these young men don't come from, um, frankly, middle-class backgrounds. They come from the lower end of the socioeconomic status. And for a lot of these young men, the hopes and dreams of their family are resting on their shoulders for their, you know, earning potential. You know, they're trying to take care of their mom, their dad, their brother. And I and that's the one part that I un, I do understand why some of them want to opt out. Yeah, but not that many. And not twenty four so players. And these big universes at the medical facilities that they have and the treatment programs they have, top uh, notch. It's so it's it's so much easier for the recovery process. You know, that quarterback from Florida State that got hurt. He was on the sideline with his crutches yesterday. He was rooting yes, sir, he was. And that's what, and that's did what you see Kirby be. Smart over there talking to him after the game? Yes, I did. That tells you something about the respect he has for that player. And for the game. Yeah. So. so I'm looking at the list of Florida, player, Florida State players that opted out. They had two quarterbacks three running backs, two wide receivers, two tight ends, four offensive linemen, five D linemen, two linebackers, and three D backs. So that's three, five, 10, 14, 16, 18, 21, 23 players, Dad. Yeah. Do you think all 23 of those players are going to get drafted? I don't. I don't think any program has had that many players drafted. And the other thing, too, I think what hurt yesterday's game is going to hurt them more in in the draft because now they're looking at the team and what you did to help the team and stuff. You let them down. And I I think there's a lot of coaches that probably – or they'll have to walk on some NFL team or – or sign for minimum, you know, type thing. Uh, they didn't help themselves yesterday because they didn't help the team. So I'm also looking team. at some stats, Dad. Hang on. Sorry to mean to cut you off. From NCAA.com, the most players drafted in one year from one program was Georgia in 2022, last year. 
Behind them is Ohio State at 14, and you got to go back to 2004. Tied with them was 14 with LSU in 2020. Then there's a big drop-off to 12 with Alabama in 28. So that's 15 max. Two tied at 14, and then you got 12-12, a bunch of 11s, a bunch, and then a bunch of 10s, a bunch of 10s. But the point I'm trying to make is, is there was 23 players opting out. That's eight more than Georgia's best, and that was off of a national championship team. This is even a national championship team. you got 23 players opting out. I don't understand yeah, those are elite programs, and Florida State has not been elite in a long time as far as, as championship caliber. Not since Jameson, J- uh, Winston. Uh-huh. And that was what, about six, seven years ago? Uh, about 10 years ago. I think it was 2014. 2013, 2014, I think, was that time frame. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't get it. Now, I'm... I wonder out of those 23, how many of them were transfer portals? And speaking of transfer portal, did you see Travis ATN from Florida left and went to Georgia? Oh, yeah. Man, Georgia is loading up, son. They are loading up for next year. Yeah, and when, <laughs> when I was looking, I was watching that game yesterday when in that second half, I. I was surprised that he started the second string quarterback at the second half, at the beginning of the second half. I knew he was going to do it, just a matter of when. But then you start listening, and all these other players he's substituting in in the third quarter, and those it was there's no drop off. You know, it, no, just, no drop off at all. It, it's just amazing. Georgia's going to be tough. And their schedule next year is. Uh, Clemson, Tennessee Tech, Kentucky, Alabama, Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas, Florida, Ole Miss, Tennessee, UMass, then Georgia Tech. That's a pretty tough schedule. Same way to Alabama. It's an we got extremely Western tough Texas, schedule. South Florida, we got Wisconsin, Georgia, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Tennessee, Missouri, LSU, Mercer, Oklahoma, and Auburn. SEC is going to be tough next year. I'm going to tell you. Then you look at Tennessee's, I mean, uh, Texas schedule. They have Colorado State, uh, Michigan, UTSA, Monroe, UL Monroe, Mississippi State, Oklahoma, Georgia, Vanderbilt, Florida, Arkansas, Kentucky, A&M. Yeah, they're finally going to play that series again on Thanksgiving weekend. Yep. I'm looking forward yep. to that. So now now you got the Iron Bowl and you got Texas and, and Texas A&M. Oh, and yeah. it don't get better than that for football. And then you got Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, but you got uh, that earlier in the season, and, and you also got uh, Michigan, Ohio State that weekend too. I mean, I, I love that weekend, the last weekend of the year for the rivalries. You got the Apple um, Cup coming up at the end of the year. Oregon, Oregon State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Bedlam. You got that at the end of the season. It's it's gonna be good, so. I love me some college football, let me tell you. It's changing, I, I though, like you I, said. It's, it's fun. So, Next thing I'll get up on my to-do list is watch the uh, softball, the Alabama softball and uh, SEC softball. I love watching the girls softball. They get after it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, 
Anyway. You got any plans for uh, New Year's Eve tonight? No, I'm probably watching football and I don't know who's playing. Uh, yeah, who is playing I'm tonight? Tomorrow, come over and meet some black eyed peas and cornbread. Cornbread and uh, whatever else we're going to have. Let's see. New Year's Eve bowl games today. There's no there's no bowl games today, college bowl games. Are you serious? Yeah, that's all that's all pro today. That's city. Yeah, it is. Yep. Yep. It's all NFL. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow we got uh Wisconsin LSU at uh, what twelve? I think so. our time then we got Liberty and Oregon at uh at one. We got Iowa and Tennessee at one. Then of course at at four we got Alabama, Michigan and uh Texas, Washington later on. That means tomorrow night, late night, and then I gotta get up early Tuesday morning because I got a doctor's appointment at seven forty five. Well, you might have a good reason to get up. Uh, there'll all be good reason. Win, lose, or draw is gonna be a good reason to get up. I'm, I'm... Believe it or not, I'm not cocky, but I'm comfortable going into this game. A lot more comfortable yeah. than I was for any SEC game this year. I think we match up better with Michigan at the beginning. I, I, I here's my prediction. I think we'll we'll pull one out. I think Texas will pull one out over Washington. I think it's going to be us and Texas in the uh, playoffs. That's that's my predictions. We got to get redemption. National championship aside, we need to redeem that loss to Texas. It's it's going to be a good game, but I don't think Texas will beat us twice. So, last question before we close this last episode out for the new year, or for this year, and roll into the next. I'm sure you've seen the rumors this past week that Saban's going. If he wins, he's retiring. I'm sure you've seen that rumor. Yeah, I see it. Who, who do you think and who do you want to replace the greatest of all time, Nick Saban? For me, Debo Sweeney. Is that who uh, you want uh, or is that who you think? That's both. That's who I think. That's who I want. I, I like him as a coach. I think he has the swagger to come in. Uh, he has the recruiting skills, he's been successful. Uh, I don't see a lot of difference in his coaching style and uh, what Alabama's going through now. Uh, that That's that's me. That's who I like to see. I, I like Debo Sweeney. He reminds me, coaching style, what he does for those is like what Trailer does at UTSA and what the coach does at Texas State. Those, those players are buying into what, what they're coaching. And they love their coaches, and and they love Dabo Sweeney. That's that's who I like. How about you? Who do you think? Um. So this one web page, they're saying number one they think is Mario Cristobal. Number two is Billy Napier. Three is Dave Aranda. Four is Dabo, and five Bill O'Brien. Which I would vomit if that happened. I cannot stand him. He's Who's the that? one that told Jalen Milrow he shouldn't play quarterback. I think he ran our offense into the ground the previous two years in spite of Bryce Young. I I, I am not a Bill O'Brien fan. 
and I think I, he, um, I think he hired him yeah. as a favor to uh, Belichick. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you one hundred percent on that. Uh, but I, I, Mario Cristobal's name coach. keeps coming up. Mike Norvell's name has come up. James Franklin at Penn State has come up. Dan Lanning, I can't stand him. I think he's a, a whiny little bitch. Uh, Kalen DeBoer from Washington, I think he would make a good one. I, I like Deion Sanders. I just don't know if primetime is ready for Alabama. You, well, you might be surprised, but I I, I don't know. I, I I think he would be. He'd, he'd fit in. He'd be all right. Uh, Do you think Sarkeesian would leave Texas to come to Alabama? No, I don't. You think he's going to stay where he's at? I think he'll stay where he's at. I think he's found a home. Uh, I think he's just trying to get his personal life settled down and and stuff. And and he, if he wins the national championship, he's going to have a ton of money next year. The one person that I have not seen on that list, and I've mentioned it to you earlier this year, is I I'd like to see Lane Kiffin. I think he, the way he has comported himself this year, I think he is auditioning for the opportunity. The way he's been comporting himself this year, the way he's been speaking highly and favorable of Saban and the program. Yeah. It just it depends on how many bridges he burned when he left. With the alumni and, no, he and had, those kind of he had to He had to leave. He couldn't stay there forever. Yeah. But he I, needed to get back out there and, and coach on his own. Yeah, but he would probably be my second choice because he he he's a great coach, he's a good recruiter, and the players buy into him too. Watching him on the and, and you're right, he's kind of toned it down just a little bit. Uh, some of his theatrics on the sideline and and stuff like that. But you know, nowadays these kids they want to see you coaches uh, get into it, and, and, and he's good with social media. And I think yes, that yes. is that is something that you cannot overlook. I I, I think Saban is going to be a Bear Bryant. Oh yeah. No, I, I still I, would I, I still I, wouldn't mind to see Dabo. I'm just not pleased with what he's been doing the last three years. Yeah. Since Trevor Lawrence left, he has not done much of anything with that program. Uh, that tells me he's got a recruiting problem because when he lost his defensive coordinator to go to Oklahoma, he ain't been right since. And that's that's where the recruiting comes in. Not Uh, for the players, but for the coaches. And that's where Saban is the best. And that's where Kirby Smart is the best. And some of that, I think, is a learning curve. You you can – buy into all that hype and stuff like that. And you can sometimes kind of forget where you came from. And, and when you forget where you came from and what got you there, it's going to take a, you, you're going to take a little dive. You're going to fall off a little bit. So that's probably a learning curve for him as well. When you think by his age and how long he's been a coach, uh, head coach and stuff like that, because he's only had one, but just, Clemson is the only place he's really been that successful. And he made Clemson a success. So, exactly. I mean, I can't I can't take that away from him. I cannot. Like, he's, maybe he needed to be humble, like you said. I mean, yeah, it, sure. took, it took uh, Harbaugh to 
have his contract renegotiated, and he took a loss before he yep. beat Ohio State. So he needed to be humble a bit. And that's why I, I, that's why I think Sarkeesian will stay at Texas. I, I think he's he's happy where he's at. And who wouldn't be happy at Texas? <laughs> yeah. Who wouldn't be happy and at Georgia? Because Kirby's exactly. not I'm going to tell you, what he's done for that program with Georgia in such a short period of time is just nothing short of miraculous. It's, it's, I like – I really got – just more respect for him yesterday, watching him coaching and, and getting those players in there and letting them play to learn. He understood yeah, he that. Did, no, no handcuffs. Uh, that's yeah, that you're right. If he, wants to, if he wants to continue to win, they've got to learn how to win. You got to see what's in the cupboard. And he had the perfect yep. opportunity. They're up 40 points at half. Let them play. Yep. Yeah. And so. It's going to be fun. I'm I'm excited for tomorrow. Yep, we're going to have some pork chops, black-eyed peas, uh, greens. Uh, you want some corn? We can cook some corn. All right, that sounds good. And I said cornbread, right? You said cornbread. I got the tea, and I brought... You got the sweet tea? I got, I got half and half. You want sweet All tea? All right. Well, hmm? to me, half and half is still sweet. <laughs> well, sweet tea is sweet tea to me. <laughs> sweet tea is more That's like not... diabetes in a cup. <laughs> well, at 80 years old, it don't make a whole lot of difference anymore. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. Thank you for being patient. I know this month has not been a consistent month that we were trying to get to. But uh, I think we're finishing it out on a high note. Uh, let's keep it going into the new year, our third year. So, wow. Don't right, seem like that long. Have a good no, and happy new year to everybody. Happy new year. And roll tide. Roll tide. Love you. <laughs> Love you too. Bye, Dad. <laughs>